0: Welcome to the Whiskey Congress. Honest, open talk dedicated to speaking the truth to those who are open to hearing it. Black, white, right, left. Most importantly, honest, bold, and fueled by good whiskey. In Whiskey Veritas, we are Whiskey Congress. Join the
1: evolution. Whiskey Congress is back in session. Stephen and I are together in the Cleveland studio. Uh, It's a beautiful day in Cleveland, Ohio. How are you doing, brother?
0: Good, man. You know, just uh, on the run, doing
1: the, uh, doing the, doing Do, the business grind, doing the hustle. Yeah. All right. So last night, full disclosure, I had uh, consumed a bit of THC, which we've had unfortunately m- multiple uh, listeners tell us how much they think THC improves our show. Hmm. Uh, but in any event, so three U.S. service members were killed in Iran. And, um, or killed by, sorry, an Iranian-backed uh, militant group, and, um, the U.S. responded by lighting this guy up in Iraq, which I found to be, in my condition, very, very, very odd to see, because the guy's car was, like, just engulfed in flames for minutes, just nothing but, it was, like, uh, was it ghost rider was this nicholas cage uh right. yeah so it was like that car was his head just flames all around it and nothing else touched
0: yeah i mean i think this is so this is like your first time with our some of our you know precision munitions um uh, that we use and it's pretty wild uh how very efficient and effective that these weapons are it's terrifying um, when you see some of them, um, like some of the capabilities that our Department of Defense has with some of these weapons, is just mind blowing. And I've been privy, just from my own sort of curiosity, and then with some of the stuff that I've done with the with the DoD, um, and what I've been able to see has just been, I mean remarkable doesn't feel like the right word knowing what these weapons are meant for
1: terrifying i think be the right um word.
0: but i mean it's just it's just amazing where the technology is so i think this is your f- sort of first run in with it it's you're my, like oh definitely my god my wow. first
1: time seeing like a visual of it like i'm watching you know, yeah. like that car is literally a skeleton of a vehicle on fire and nothing else around it and hopefully we took out the right guy i don't want to
0: yeah, I mean, I, and I think the the bigger I think discussion is just sort of the the tension and instability in the Middle East right now. Um, you know, I mean, we struck an Iranian in Iraq. We're you know looking at action in Syria. Um, you know, Israel is not only talking about uh, you know troops. They've got obviously what they're doing in in Gaza and with the Palestinians, but, you know, defending, you know, the North and the South of their borders and going into other countries like there, like there's a lot of, you know, again, tension in the middle East. That's scary. Um, not and, and not even from a political standpoint in terms of oh, Joe Biden or what Trump would do just doesn't matter where you stand politically. It, it this is, this is a very dangerous and scary time. Um, you know, because if we get into a, a full-scale engagement, right, in the Middle East again, which I mean, just does not sound appealing or appetizing in any way, shape, or form. And you take out, you take into account what's happening on the European continent with Ukraine and Russia. Um, our constant concerns about North Korea, China, Taiwan, everything else. Like it's like we 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 are in a very You know this. This is a this is a critical point, right? Um, You know, and everyone's you know kind of simplifies it down to World War Three and whatever that means. Um, But however you want to define it or call it, including me, I'm I'm one of those people. No, I which okay, whatever we want to call it doesn't as much matter as the fact that we're in it. Um, And I, I am not comfortable with. The leadership of our country, right, to guide us through that in a in an intelligent way, um, whether it's Biden or whether it's Trump, um, and it's 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 disheartening to a degree. Um, and then you, you, know, you take we, we, into we, account you also take into account our own instability here domestically, um, and just kind of seeing how things are unraveling and dissolving, um, you know, all kind of around Trump and MAGA and everything else, and and this is it's and it makes sense right america's fighting their own internal battles they're considered weak whether they think joe biden is weak or they just think we're weak generally because we have all this infighting going on it would make sense that you know some of your bad actors decide to act out a little bit because they know that we're already we're fighting internally we're stretched thin um, you know there's a lot there's you know republicans love to talk about how we're not battle ready right? And so it sends, you know, they're basically sending out a beacon, like, oh, hey, I mean, they're even acknowledging that they're not battle ready, so we might as well just do some battle type shit
1: since they're not ready, right? Like, what the fuck are you doing? Um, You know, it's just... it's. By the way, that does not get called out enough, because when Republicans say we're not battle ready, it's like, okay, part of your job is to make sure we are, and that only seems to come up... When there's a democrat in office well
0: uh, yeah i mean yes that that's true but i, I don't want to kind of go down that road of whose fault it is right because is it
1: accurate because i don't think it is right
0: um uh, look i don't know i i think that we could we could be in a lot better shape but i still think that you don't really like as much as people talk shit about how we're not ready for this and our military is woke and there's too many women and there's gays and there's trans all this other shit. I still think you don't really want to tangle with the U.S. Um, from a battle,
1: I, I as remember a... specifically you telling me that, like, Trump says something like, "We're running out of ammunition," and you ended up being in a DoD facility, and we're like, yes. "There are mountains." Yeah, no, we're, we're
0: running out. No, we're not running out of munitions or anything like that. And, and it, you know, they, they say stupid shit like that all the time. Um, but when it comes to battle readiness, right, like your your ability to like mobilize troops and prepare a battle sure. plan that's effective sure. yep. and executed and things like that, like we are spread thin. And look, part of that, part a big part of our lack of battle readiness is you can put directly on Tommy fucking Tuberville, right, because he impacted a lot of people going into positions who would be you know, well ahead of where they are right now if they were allowed to get those promotions so they could start to look at the data and interpret what's going on and make the appropriate plans for it, right? Now, the people who were there in their steed or whatever were doing that job, but, like, how much time was spent getting these people up to speed and everything else? Um, it, it's, you know, I mean, like, look, all, my point is is just that I... This is a nervous time. Um, and I think that we should be very uncomfortable with a lot of what's happening around us. Um, I think a lot of what I talk about when I'm saying, like you need to be prepared for shit to go down. I don't know what that's going to be, but there is, there are enough, there's enough variables out there to say that, look, we could, who knows what could happen at this point, right? Like we're so comfortable that no one's going to try to attack us here in the U.S., and I'm just no longer comfortable with that. I th- you know, like we're seeing, the, you know, some of these militant yeah, groups. Uh, well, I'm just I, I'm seeing, um, you know, we're seeing that these groups are getting bolder, and and they are, um, literally, I, I kind of compare it to like velociraptors, right? Like testing the gate to figure out where the weak links are, and they're doing a lot of that As over. <laughs> they're doing that a lot. A lot of that overseas. And in these different places, but I think it's only a matter of time before they try something else again here, because again, they see the disarray that's happening here and we are ripe for something like that to happen, right? You've got all that nonsense going on at the border between what's actually the issue, the actual issues at the border, not to mention the idiots who took their trucks down there to the border. And I want to talk about that. And you've got all that shit sort of going on. Um, I just, I just think that people are so distracted. Like the, I just I have concerns and you wanna call me paranoid, you wanna call me uh, whatever, okay, fine. Um but I just don't think it's it's a bad thing to just prepare yourself in some way, shape, or form, right, for, for the possibility that something some something really bad could happen here. And I, I just the feeling in my stomach it's like, it's not, like, I, I don't find it, like, I'm not really, like, you notice I'm trying to not let you kind of go off on the sort of side sort of funny con, because it, it's no, just no, not. No, no,
1: no, it's not. I was, it, I'm not going to I'm going to say you're skeptical and logical would be the two words I would use. Like, I, I'm in the same boat. I, when I go to the grocery store now, I'm often carrying a firearm. I'm legal, legally allowed to, and I'm like, you know what? If I need this thing I don't want it to be sitting in my fucking desk when it could be in my hand. And I never thought this way. I was never that guy. And I am now.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's just a lot of things. I I mean, and you know, like I'm not, I don't have a bunker that I'm loading up with food, but got a lot of, you know, peppers and different things and tomatoes and stuff like that, that, you know, starting to can and jar and. Um, because it's just effective, you know, loading up on meat and different things um, in the freezer, hoping, you know, assuming that whatever crisis, you know, doesn't Dry zap good. out the Dry electricity. Goods, pasta. Yeah, I mean, but it just as, as much as you can. And, and again, I don't want to go into the the uh, a doomsday prepper mode. But at the same time, I think you you just, with everything's going on, you know, awareness needs to tick up a little bit. Uh, I do want to go from this, though, and, and get into what's going on with Trump and SCOTUS, right? Okay. Um, so right now, Supreme Court is hearing oral arguments on whether Trump should be allowed on the ballot based off of everything that happened out in Colorado, right?
1: Yep.
0: Um, Colorado removes him from the ballot because of, uh, you know, 14th Amendment, Section 3, saying if you participated in an in insurrection, then you can't hold office. And... Um, you know, if you remember when this went down initially, I, I didn't, I get it, right? I get Trump's, the risk of Trump and the danger of Trump and the ridiculousness of Trump. But I wasn't comfortable with this from the get-go. Um, and I think this is going to kind of play out like I thought. I think SCOTUS is going to look at it. And this is going to kind of balance on a couple things, right? One, the definition of an insurrection. What is it? Um, and, and then the other part, right, is what is Trump's actual role or what is the president's role? Is the president... That's the funny part to me. Is the president an officer of the federal government? And then, you know, then going back to the, the, and I think the more critical point, I think we can, I I think you, I, I think that the people arguing against Trump in this particular matter have made a good argument for the president being an officer, right? If if the Supreme Court rejects the president being an officer of the federal government, then I, I think that's going to be on just the conservative justices just saying we're going to go for our boy Trump, right? I don't think that there's a good legal argument for the president of the United States not being an officer of the federal government, right? Because if you Congress- take
1: an oath to-
0: Well, not only you take an oath, right? But uh, it's less about the oath, but it's how you got there, right? If members of Congress are officers of, you know, and they get there through this electoral, this election okay. process, right? Then, I mean, the, the same should be true for the president, right? If, if... He's the commander-in-chief. Right, he's Was the that commander-in-chief, that? and they get there through the same process, right? Like, it's it's the, the timing of it may be different, Senate, Congress, but whatever. The process is the same, you know, the the you know the impact of their authority is the same, even though they're in different offices. I just I think that one's a lot easier to get to. But the insurrection question to me had there's there's different parts of it, right? So you have the issue of you know, what is it, you know, defined, like what is it, and was that what that was on January sixth? And then the other part is, you know. Trump hasn't been like who who determines if he was in fact a part of this said insurrection right because he hasn't again he hasn't been found guilty of it like the state the state of Colorado has said we believe that he was a part of an insurrection but there's been there's been no um I don't want to say due process, but there's been certified no... Certified legal action. Yeah, certified defined legal action that says that was an insurrection and he was a part of it. He caused it or, or what have you. Um, you look at all the, the defendants in January 6th, no one was hit with an insurrection-type charge, right? Like you had... Uh,
1: there were a few. I think somebody of the, uh, It was an insurrection, keepers, though. Oath keepers it, got it charged no, no, no. with...
0: Proud, it was, Proud Boys, Oath Keepers... But that wasn't insurrection, though. It was what?
1: It was something sounding like insur- it was like okay, but details matter, right? So <laughs> okay, lawyer. Well, yeah. Okay, oh, no. It, but anyway, but this is legal matter. So yes, yeah. Kind of smug and dickish, but no, right, right.
0: I, I'm not being. I, I'm not. I'm just no, saying. I'm like, being oh, smug okay, and dickish, right?
1: No, I'm, I'm owning what okay. I just did.
0: But in, in in it's critical, right? Because you don't have a, a definitive picture of that insurrection charge and it hasn't been brought to trump and in the only sort of i guess process where you could say it was brought up was when they impeached him over it but he was let off right like senate ended up not not convicting him him. but my issue with that is that that's a political process right that's a legal process it's not a legal process and so there's a difference between the two it could have impacted his ability to go back into office there but it's still on the broader spectrum, like legally, we don't, we, we still don't have that clear sort of, you, Donald Trump, were a part of this insurrection or incited this insurrection, you know, and then, so, and then you could use that clear sort of like, as a, as a dis, uh, um, you could use that as a way to say, all right, you now qualify for disbarment from this position because of that decision. But since we don't have that, we're almost asking the Supreme Court to come down on a, on a hypothetical to a degree, right? I was
1: just... You know, I mean, I'm, you're making me think through things, and the 14th Amendment was a direct response to the Civil War, where there was literally a declaration of secession. Yes. And they said, we are leaving this country, fuck you, Yeah. because <laughs> I'm articulate, um, and... There is no such thing in this case. There's no. Right. I mean, they fought so, a war, so they,
0: and then they were, fr- you know, I mean, like, but, and they were tried and convicted, and so then it was, just it was like, like, all right, th- that like that's a different sort of situation than what we have here. So is it an apples apples to apples comparison? No. Um, is it close enough to where you can make that leap and say what Trump was trying to do? Like, even though they weren't uh, they weren't successful in this, this is what they were attempting to do, and. I kind of put it towards. You can almost go towards like, well, we tried to rob the bank, but we didn't successfully rob the bank, so we're good, right? (laughs) No, you're not. Um, (laughs) But this is just this is a little bit different because we don't know if we have a if if we don't know if that was an actual insurrection, and you know everyone has their opinion on it, but there there hasn't been like a legal declaration of such, and then we don't have a clear sort of definitive. You were you did this. Right, like so yes, it was an insurrection and yes, you were the cause of it directly and you participated in it. And so the Supreme Court then would need to make a decision on 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 those grounds, but we don't have that. So now what they're asking to do, they're, they're asking the Supreme Court to decide the definition of an insurrection and then if Trump was a part of it and then allowing the states Stop. to then choose whether he is on their ballot or not, right? And the, and, and the whole state versus federal government is a whole other question, a part of this, right? Um, you know, do the states have the right to leave him off because it's for a federal office? Um, or, right, or can the states make that decision on their own to leave them off? And if other states follow suit, great. If not, then it's independent. And then what does that do overall
1: for the country? And, but I, one thing I want to definitely say out Cloud is that uh, part of the Fourteenth Amendment is providing. I think the term is providing material comfort to insurrectionists, so you didn't actually have to be charging the mound, but if you were supporting those who did, that is considered part of being. Yeah, you fight. could,
0: but again, we still need to define clearly define if if Fair. what it saying. is and if we if we had one right, it, and so I. I'm saying all this to say, I don't, this is not going to be, like, again, you've got Democrat, like- It's Demo- legally complex. Well, yes, it is legally complex, but you've got a lot of Democrats and progressives and people who hate Trump that are leaning heavily on this, hoping that the Supreme Court rules against Donald Trump, so that's sort of, that's one way that they can get him off the ballot. If you can keep him off the ballot, then hopefully he can't get enough electoral votes, and then that keeps him out of the office. What I'm telling you is, I don't think it's going to go your way. You're not going to get that. And I'm comfortable with that because I don't like how this is being framed because there's too much gray area, and that makes terrible law. Um, and I think it was a presidential case, and what I mean is that this case wouldn't set precedent because I don't think this is a fact pattern that you'll see again where it makes any sort of sense, right? When the Supreme Court decided Bush v. Gore, that was not that was a non. Uh, Presidential case, meaning that it didn't set precedent because, and they flat out said, "Like, look, don't use this again because this is a mess." Right, right. And I think that's what you would be looking at here. Um, but I think SCOTUS is going to rule in favor of Trump and say he can be on the ballots, and I'm actually okay with it. Now, on immunity, right? Because can, you,
1: can I jump and say I agree with you? Okay, good. I, I don't think he should be kept off the ballots. I would like to see him not get the votes, but. To, to try to push yeah, I him just, off balances. I, I don't think
0: we have enough clarity to where I feel comfortable with that being decided by the Supreme Court in keeping him off. And I, I just I, it just legally it's, it's just not legally sound enough to do that in my personal opinion. It needs to be very
1: disruptive to the public perception of our system.
0: Uh, yeah, which is not a
1: reason to do it that's necessarily. It's not,
0: not necessarily but, a reason to not do it, but at the same time, I mean, it, it's taken into consideration.
1: All right, I interrupted you to agree with you, which I know is not what you were expecting. No, it's, it's fine. <laughs> so
0: then when we move to the immunity question, you know, you've got the district court in D.C., the district appeals court in D.C. says, you know what, you don't get immunity for, you know, perce- perceived crimes that you committed in office and you can be, you know, prosecuted for them after the fact. Now, they gave Trump a six-day window to appeal. He likely will. Um, Now, reading that um, decision, I felt like they did a pretty good job of buttoning it up. I think there's a strong argument for SCOTUS to say, D.C. Circuit Court nailed it, and we are good with it, so we're not going to take it up, and Trump, you don't get immunity. That's, in this instance, I feel that option is on the table for them, and I think that's the option that they should take. Will they take it is another question, and I think that they're probably going to want to review it, especially after this particular case, after the ballot um, eligibility case that we just spoke about. Um, But this one I feel a little bit different about, right? Like, I feel like there's enough there where they can say, you know what, no, you don't get immunity. You know the forty-six presidents before you didn't need immunity, and um, you know I think they could they could make that law, and and seal the deal. Um, I, I given though the Clarence Thomas's, you know the Alitos on that court, um, you, you know Barrett, Kavanaugh, and and, and Gorsuch. Yeah, I'm not sure where they come out. You know, and and you got to remember Gorsuch, Barrett. Maybe Alito, um, and and this is more for the for the ballot case. But they all worked on the Bush v. Gore decision down in Florida at some point in some fashion as well, right? Like so. I, I did
1: not remember all three of them.
0: Yeah. So they they all have you know sort of touched these large political cases before, um, and it, you know we also know that um, uh, Roberts. Likes to kind of stay out of the political yeah, aspect he's. of it, and but although he may get sort of sucked into this, whether he likes it or not, um but I just I think that that is a is a stronger case. It's a more clear cut case um in general, and for SCOTUS to make a clear decision, and I think that that decision would go against Trump, right? And then that would allow you know the January sixth case with Jack Smith to move forward. And, and sort of the and that and that and people think that that case is about the insurrection and it, it is really more about the manipulation of electors and everything they did from that standpoint on a federal level, um, and that does not look good for Trump at all the way that that is going right. So, um, you know, this is one where I think you get this decision now. The other reason you hope they don't take it is that this would if they do take it. It would completely obliterate a timeline on getting that case, the actual case, the reason why this was brought up, getting it to trial, um, and actually getting a decision before the election. Right? If SCOTUS ends up t- taking this case, you know, it's definitely going to raise an eyebrow because what that does is that's going to push you out probably five months before you, if make, best case scenario, five months before you get a decision. Right? And then once you get a decision, you have to get it back on the original docket that it was on, right? So then, you know, in the meantime, the judge is scheduling other trials, other cases, right? So you have to move things around. And then if it's too close to the actual election, then, you know, there's there's an argument that, the, you know, like the DOJ, might, the DOJ might decide to wait and hold off until after the election, which then Trump's not going to give a fuck because he'll be in office and he'll just be like, eh, you know, now he's still going to want immunity because he's an asshole and wants to do some asshole things, but that's going to completely change the urgency um, and probably the approach, although Jack Smith is still going to want to push it forward. Um, you know, you kind of want SCOTUS to just be like, no, appeals court nailed it, and let let that stand so that we can get back on a reasonable timeline. I just don't know if that's going to happen.
1: And, and But I think there's also a bigger picture thing, right? Because... If you're saying presidents get immunity, and there was a lawyer for Trump who was asked the question, so are you saying he could send SEAL Team Six in to kill a political opponent, and the lawyer could not just go no? It was defy- well, but my, my so my bigger point is that we've talked about this in different directions multiple times on the show and and personally, where it's like when you fuck with the system to f- help you in the short term understand there's long-term repercussions
0: well i mean it's actually the reverse in this instance let's say that they did grant um let's say they just they they made a quick decision and they they scotus comes back and says yep you got immunity well biden's still in office right now
1: Uh, you're right we're on the same
0: page so you know i mean and and so i and the reason why i'm saying it's kind of the reverse is that like this isn't long term right okay. if you oh, okay, get okay. if you get the decision that you want quickly right now right well then what's to stop biden from doing basically whatever the fuck he wants to do leading up to the election and what if he decides like well you know what trump you are enough of a problem that we need to do some you know shady dealings to make sure because you are a danger to the republic and you are a danger to democracy and you are a danger to america so i'm going to step outside the lines and play outside the rules and guess what it doesn't matter because i have immunity thanks to you now would Biden do they were that?
1: Agreeing on logistics just the the timeline. The, impact, right?
0: the timeline and the impact right like and that's really what you know they're kind of hoping Right, in a perfect world, the way that this would happen, which is why they're hoping Scotus brings it up, is that if Scotus makes that decision take makes that decision to take the case up, then realistically you're you know by the time you get a decision on it, it may be too late right. for Biden sure. to actually do sure. anything right so then it's just like all right, well, you know Biden only have a few months left in office and then he's basically a a a um, a lame duck, a lame hit, duck hit. and then, you know, we'll take over in January and then there's no rules, right? That's kind of what they're hoping on and relying. But if SCOTUS were to move faster than anticipated, right, we had a decision and then, you know, Biden's got from let's say, I don't know, I mean, June to November, but right, but if but I the, mean if, if Biden's is, got from June it, until November, I mean, or you can
1: January because that's when yeah, that's when he gets out. Off,
0: but I mean, he's got a lot of time in between then and now to um to cause some disruption. And again, I doubt that Biden would do anything, but that's just, you know, sort of a reality that I don't know if they're taking yeah. into consideration. Be careful what you wish for kind of thing. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. All right. Um you want to move on to yeah, Everybody's. I mean,
0: you know, you've got Tucker Carlson going to Russia to interview Vladimir Putin. Um, I haven't seen the interview. I think it's only available on Tucker's private platform, if it's even available I yet. Think, I think
1: it gets, by the time this gets posted, it will be, I think, on YouTube. But Available for I've, everybody, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I don't see any of it.
0: Look, I think it's, we know what it is. Tucker Carlson is going to go over there. He's he's going to ask a, lot, a bunch of softball questions um, and it is going to be a Putin driven like Putin's going to basically drive this thing and he's going to say every he's going to speak to every talking point that MAGA conservatives want to hear. Right? He's going to talk about Joe Biden being weak. He's going to talk about how uh, you know, there's, it's a political uh, hit against Donald Trump, everything that's happening. He's probably going to talk about the January 6th uh, um, people that were found guilty as political prisoners. Um, he's going to talk about uh, um, how Ukraine forced him to invade them. Right, and how he was just protecting the sovereignty of his country because Ukraine was trying to get in with NATO and they were going to have missiles at their border facing them, so he had no choice but to invade their country and fight this war and continue. Um, You know, he's going to speak directly to Tucker Carlson's crowd and tell them everything that they want to hear, and they're going to eat it up, and you're going to see. Um, An even bigger shift towards MAGA, GOP, conservative support of Vladimir Putin and Russia, which to me just boggles my fucking mind that these people are that easily bamboozled. Like, they're already starting. Like, you just need to hear both sides, man. Like, you're only hearing the side that says Putin's bad but you need to hear the side from Putin, man, because, I mean, he's not all bad. Maybe maybe we just need to give him a chance. It's insane, but those conversations are happening with conservatives everywhere, right? Like, never mind the people who, you know, jumped off those roofs and jumped out of those windows, windows and just got violently ill and died for no reason. And the fact that his 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 political challenger... Right is in a fucking Subi- Siberian prison in the middle of nowhere where nobody knows where he's at, and he's sick and ill from where they tried to assassinate him. Never mind all that.
1: Oh, and Perigozian got on a plane, right? And decided to pull a Grenade, out right? It.
0: Like they were, they were, they were juggling grenades on an airplane, and then one of them, they had an accident, and it blew up. Like, I mean, never mind all that. Just let's just let's just give the guy a chance to tell us his side of the story.
1: You know, I, I was talking to a conservative friend of mine about this yesterday. And I said, if you were in that room, how would you feel? And his response was, scared shitless. I'm like, okay, at least you're acknowledging that. And then I said, like, if someone offered you anything to drink, would you possibly touch it? He's like, no fucking way. Because <laughs> we, we've, we've joked about this for five years. Mm-hmm. About how partying with, with Vlad would probably be great. Until it isn't. Right, exactly. I, I mean, I just, I,
0: I mean, it's... It boggles, it boggles my mind, right? And, you know, I'm not worried about Tucker Carlson's health or anything like that because... No, poo- he's going to be
1: an ass licker. Right. But I will say this. I actually do not mind that this is happening because, yes, it'll be exactly what you're saying, and, yes, there are people who already want to hear this that will hear what they want to hear, but I... On principle, I believe, like, when you say, we can't talk to so-and-so, you are, by definition... No, here's the thing, though.
0: I also want to point out that, you know, mainstream media has not, like, put a, a ban on or have... No one in the mainstream media has blacklisted Vladimir Putin, right? To be clear. true. Sure. Sure. true. I can go down a list of reporters that have been trying for 20 years to get an interview with Vladimir Putin and he won't interview with them. Right? There's a reason okay. why he will take this interview with Tucker Carlson. Because it's right?
1: gonna be underhand lofted softballs, I get Right.
0: You. I mean, because he knows that he's got the ability to control and drive the narrative here. And so I'm not opposed to the interview happening. I'll watch it, but there's gonna be a fuck ton of skepticism of every, from me on everything that Vladimir Putin says and there should be right? absolute
1: absolutely
0: the, the problem is I again I don't have an issue with the with the interview happening right I have an issue with the person doing it now Tucker Carlson is going to paint himself as somehow a hero and a victim and all these things all in one um you know because he you know but well, that's his game right but I mean I someone needs to get Vladimir Putin's side of things, right? Like that's that's fair. but my my issue is that because of who is doing the interview and how it's being released and who the interview is with, um, I just know that it, it's not like no one's going to look at it. You know, the people who need to look at it objectively and with skepticism will not, right? Because he will he will speak directly to the things that they want to hear. They will not look any deeper. They will take that and say, ha, Putin's the good guy. We got this all wrong. Uh, we, fuck Ukraine. He knows it like and you're going to see like you're you, already you've that already seeing right. this wave and this push against supporting Ukraine in this war and wanting to pull money back and pushing it all towards Israel. You know, fuck Ukraine, Vladimir should run through him and take like you're already And what this interview is going to do is make those calls even louder. Right now, it'll, it won't just be the crazy guys in the bar saying, fuck Ukraine, let's support Russia. Then you'll have your your congressmen and senators openly now saying we shouldn't support Ukraine and that, you know, Russia has been painted in a bad light and Vladimir Putin is just doing what he has to do. I promise you, you will see people in high levels of government literally just opening their mouth to support Vladimir Putin.
1: We're seeing that. Yes. With the border bill. I mean, the border bill was a bipartisan bill that included fixing the issue that Republicans claim was the biggest issue in the world, which is protecting our southern border. We, we talked a bit about, you know, the folks who go down in their uh, Ford pickups and, and and firearms are going like, oh, this isn't what we expected to see. And that's a totally different discussion but this thing was a bipartisan bill, and part of it was funding for Ukraine. Well, now, also look, part of it was not wanting to. Fix you it had this
0: look, you had. I I hate that they do this, right? Like, so you've got this border bill that really needs to get through, and they tie it to funding for Ukraine and Israel, right? Like, so I've already got an issue with it out of the gate, right? Like, this should have been standalone, and this is part of our problem why our government doesn't work. Right, Like, here's a thing that we could do bipartisan that everybody agrees on, but someone has to attach some shit that is just vile to it that they know the other side will not agree to, but they want to try to back people into corners, and it's like, oh, that's playing the game. Well, like, you're not playing the game. You're playing the people of the United States, and you're not doing right by them, and you're fucking us over. Right? That's not often the game. It's they're completely unrelated. Right. There's
1: like, no like, like, our southern border, Ukraine and Israel— are separate issues. Yes. And could not be more separate, and yet they all
0: end up in the but, same fucking book. But, but here we go. So um, you know, kind of ending the thing with Tucker Carlson and Vladimir Putin, when and if it becomes available, I'll watch it. I don't know if I'll watch all of it, because I think it's like three hours. Oh, geez. But I'll watch as much of it as I can tolerate. Um and I will be skeptical skeptically objective, right? Like so Putin's gonna say things in there um that you can easily fact check right as it relates to history and how things have gone down and everything else and i encourage people to do it to fact check him on everything but you know yeah it's worth it's worth the listen even just so you know what the narrative is just so you know so you can say when you like you for instance when you go to your local watering hole and everybody else watches it and they're all for it and they're sitting there telling you how great it was, you need to see it so that you can actually intelligently argue against it, right? Or agree. Maybe maybe, Vlad- maybe Vladimir will make some great points. Maybe yeah. maybe he will talk about how his main focus is figuring out how to end this mess in Ukraine. They're working on a peace treaty right now, and everybody's going to live as a big, happy family, and he's not going to be aggressive anymore. We know he's not, but sure. who knows? But either way, I think it needs to be watched and consumed, mm-hmm. and but I'm just saying, anyone watching it, I don't care who you are, you need to be skeptical. You need to be logical. You it's need analytical. To, I think is the word right. Analytical. Analytical. You need to do some fact checking, um, and you know, put it in context, both hist- in in historically and in present tense, um, and just don't don't get the wool pulled over your eyes, you know. And I think most of the people who listen to our show won't let the wool get pulled over their eyes if they even listen to it. Um, You know, and you wish you had a broader reach, but I mean, the people who really need to hear what I'm saying probably don't listen to our show and are going to watch it and love everything that Vlad says. Well, I'll
1: do what I can at the local watering hole. Um, uh, uh, Back to the border bill, though. It is such an obvious political football. Um, Mike Johnson is really coming off to me as a complete disgrace. I mean, he supposedly is the, you know, religious fundamentalist, whatever, who's not going to waver. And this is gross. I mean Well
0: before we even get to Mike Johnson, right? Like I mean, look, the bill ends up getting scuttled by the Senate, by the Senate. yeah, fair by it. the Senate, right? The people who fucking brought the bill. Yeah. Right. right, so you spent four you're, months negotiating. Te- you Be spent call, four months negotiating this fucking bill, right? Putting in th- putting in things that you know would piss off Democrats, right? Intentionally, right? Just to dig the knife in because it's more about spite than it is about helping people. But okay, fine. But you get this thing, and, and you've got multiple people throughout your party saying this is one of the best things that we could have done ever. This is what we need. This is what we've been calling for. This is a solution to an actual problem that we know the people on the ground throughout the country are concerned about it gives our border patrol the tools that they need to actually move forward and have some sort of an effect on this right it does all the, the shit that i've been saying for the last i don't know 5 fucking years right what have i been saying we need at the border we need more technology we need more border patrol agents we need more judges we need we need more doctors we need more Social workers, we need more processing stations and an I admin that, and all that. that. Gross, but I, no, but that's what it is. We need all of that, right? We need more physical wall. We, we need more technology and scanners to look for drugs and human trafficking and all that, right? We need billions of dollars to go into this to support the people who have to do this job. This bill provides it, right? It also pro- provides the, the president with tools to be able to say, shut it down, Shut it all down. You don't have to wait for COVID to come through and everything else. You can just say you got too many people at the border. You got five thousand in one day. Shut it down. And guess what? As soon if they enacted this bill, then they would probably be able to shut the border down today, right? Because you're getting five thousand people today at certain points, not where the fucking dipshits down in Texas are right now, right? Like because they didn't even go to the right spot. But you know, you can this would have given them the tools to think to the point where the 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 head of the border patrol union was like look this is exactly what we've been begging for right the people who are fighting this war the people that you you know that you tout you wear the punisher stickers for right you want to do you you want to do all your like fun rate, you know like oh law enforcement we're going to support all these law enforcement support law enforcement our god bless our border patrol agents and biden hates the border patrol they gave you the tools to help actually support these people instead of putting a fucking sticker on your truck endorsed
1: it, by the water patrol like, endorsed by the you, right endorsed the... by it,
0: right endorsed by all the people who are saying like we need like we are outgunned in this fight and this is going this would have given us the the the, the weapons and the tools we needed to fight this way more effectively and because of the political impact this could have to trump's campaign Right? The same people who fought tooth and nail to get this bill put on paper and presented pulled Another it back. Case. Yep. Right, and, yeah. and it's just like, how in the actual fuck do you motherfuckers look at yourselves in the mirror? I, I couldn't walk out. I, I, I'm not suicidal by any stretch of the imagination, but if I sold my soul to that point where I would work so hard on something like that and then fucking eat it because some fat fuck right who doesn't because donald fucking trump said oh I, I i don't do that i need that issue right who like you so not one of them can go like t- t- not one of them how can none of them be fucking man or woman enough to get on there and say i don't give a fuck about donald trump I care about the border. I care about the people being trafficked across the border. I care about the drugs coming into our country that are killing people by the dozens per fucking minute in our country. I care about the cartels that are having an all-out war on our fucking border and just crip walking back and forth across the border because we don't have enough people to stop them. That's what I care about. I don't give a fuck about the campaign. I don't give a fuck about what Donald Trump wants. What I care about is doing my fucking job. You don't have one uh, Republican senator that could come out and make that strong of a statement that tells you how weak and toothless they are and tells you how much fucking trouble we're in if Donald Trump
1: gets back into office. This is the equivalent of you like landing a job or a project where like 5,000 people will be sh- sheltered in a, a month. Oh wait, we can't let that happen. Let's make it eighteen months because it's better for me politically. I mean, I'm not trying to. I'm trying to. I mean, it's 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 hard
0: to even make a comparison. of how fucking bad this would be, right? Like, I mean, it just it it, it, it's insane. Um, But that's where we are, and and that's who who we're dealing with. And even if you even if you support the GOP and MAGA and you think this is a good idea, like it it doesn't it don't irk you that they're that weak, right like I mean call me call me macho or to uh, i don't know maybe call me a bully, I don't know, but I just no I, I i just i don't like weak leadership, I don't like weak people, you know why because weak shit breaks, right that's a quote from uh um uh Oh, my God. He was the leader of Westside Gym. Louis Simmons. Louis Simmons, he was the, he was the owner of Westside Gym. I don't know gym. what you talking about. Westside Gym is a, a, a...
1: California place? No,
0: Westside. It's, it's down in Columbus. It's like the heart of powerlifting, right? So the strongest people in the fucking world went through that gym. Um, a lot of the methods that they teach are the methods that, you know, for the last 30 years, Powerlifters has been myself, conjugate method, and all this other shit. But Louis Simmons has a t-shirt, and he said, weak things break. Right. And so, you know, training different, you you train some of your weak spots and you bring them up because if not, then you're going to get hurt. Right. And that's true. Right. Like you got a weak link in the chain when you're trying to put fucking pull 800 pounds off the floor. Something's going to snap and pop. Sure. That's no good. Well, I look at the same thing when I'm dealing with people, relationships, leaders, and weak leaders will eventually break. And what I'm seeing is, is that our country is run majority, uh, is run by a majority of weak leaders, right? There are not many that I would look to that I trust on either
1: side. I, I'm not right? going to push back on that. You know, because, I, mean, I mean, look at who the prominent ones are. Marjorie Taylor Greene is a moron. Observedly stupid. <laughs> Observedly stupid. Right? Lauren Matt, Gates. Matt Gaetz. Lauren Matt Gates isn't as stupid as he is sleazy. Which I don't yeah, know he's not. Better. Yeah, he's not stupid,
0: but he's again, a scumbag. like, um,
1: uh, but again, weak. And and uh, there's, a, you know, granted this. I, I don't as Jamie Moskowitz, I think, who I actually do think is intelligent and uh, articulate, but at the same time, he talks about shit he doesn't know things about, and yes. guns being the big one. It's like, yeah. you know, they don't have two You're not allowed hundred to do twenty three. My God, shut the fuck up. You are talking about shit, and I'm jumping top. Yeah, in a big but way. I
0: mean, I, my point. It, there's, there's not many leaders in in our government that I look to and say, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to listen and follow what they say.
1: I, I, mean, look, 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 I mean, we can summarize it by saying we're going to watch Trump and Biden run against each other again. Well. These are guys who both come off very badly on camera because they say stuff that is completely fucked up. They're old dudes with clear stumbling moment. Here's a random
0: question. Who do you think ends up being Trump's VP? Cuz I'm I I'm
1: all over the place on this. If I had to guess right now, I would say Stefanik. Um I don't think it'll be Kerry Lake. I think Tim Scott has a decent shot. I think Tim Scott is clearly trying to make that case. Um but those would be the three that I would put as my most likely. So my
0: three front runners, in this order: Nome, Christy Nome. Uh, she is the South Dakota governor. Governor. Okay. She's my number one. Tim Scott's my number two. Elise Stefanik is number three, and I think she's a distant third, even though I think she thinks she's number one. Um. You know, Nome has the look. Um. I think she's an attractive woman. Um. She. Presents well, even though she presents trash. Does that make sense? Right? Like she 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 speaks with authority and she's firm and she says things she says things the right way. It's just that the things that she says are trash. If that makes sense. Um, And I think I I don't think it did. (laughs) It it does. Come on, keep up. Christine Neum is is and the reason is because Trump is a very simple man on a lot of levels, right? I just don't think that. He could pass up her looks, to be honest, but she's also been the right type of supporter of him to where I feel he would be comfortable that she would do the th- whatever. Right? Um, I mean, it, how how long do you have to kiss the ring to be to be a? Uh, I don't think it's as long as you think. I think he's such like a twenty minutes. <laughs> right. I mean, he's such a you know instant gratification type guy. I think you just got to be able to time it. I think she's smart enough to know that as it gets closer and when she can read the tea leaves that when she's got to go to mar-a-lago and you know give him a proverbial handy um you know she can time that up and you can see it i think tim scott is doing a hell of a job like tim scott is doing a better job of promoting donald trump than he did of promoting himself when he was actually running for president donald trump definitely notices that i think he even said something about it in an interview Right, praising Tim Scott. I didn't like him
1: before, but now I like him. Now, you
0: know, like your pundits are going to be like, oh, well, Tim Scott could help Trump with the black vote. I'm like, okay. Um, You know, like, okay. Anyway, but I think Tim Scott is is her second. And then at least Stefanik, like we talked about, I mean, I think she's actually a distant third. Um, Like, I think she sees herself as the front runner i think i don't think that trump sees her necessarily as his running mate um but i think he would definitely strongly consider it but i just think she's a distant third i think those other two are way and i think carrie lake is just too toxic that even he recognizes it and all sorts of bullshit follows her all the time and i don't think trump is attracted to that he's he he likes his own chaos created by him. What he doesn't like is when people bring their shit to put on his plate. And Carrie Lake, even though Carrie Lake shit is partly because of him,
1: she's distracts still, from his right. She's his lost all aura. these
0: cases. She's got like he knows her level of toxicity. I think he thinks it's cute from afar, but doesn't necessarily want it around him on a consistent basis. And so I, I think she basically is out, even though she. Has, desperately wants to desperately be in. wants to be in now could he bring her in in some other role or capacity maybe um but i think she's also going to make a big and, push ambassador to UN. <laughs> well i think she's going to make a big push for the arizona senate seat as we know oh, the sure, whole thing right sure. so you know i think that's an, another thing that kind of pulls her out of the loop but i i don't know i'm going y- y- south y- dakota governor christy Nome
1: seems to be my uh you're the leader in the clubhouse right now. For right now, that'll probably change in about forty-five minutes.
0: Sounds um, good. All right,
1: man. We so let's let's jump sub subjects completely. Um, you pulled up the names and numbers, or names and and, and details. Uh, the woman, the mother of the kid in Michigan.
0: Yeah, Jennifer Crumbly. So she uh, she's the mother of Ethan Crumbly. He was fifteen. Uh, I think he shot and killed seven kids at uh, school in Michigan. Uh, just a really sort of sad, I, I don't wanna say bizarre story. it's it's got some bizarre twist to it. Um, you know, Ethan had shown some some definite red flags in terms of his behavior and mental health. School pulls the parents in and says, "Hey, look, man, your son is uh, we're worried about him, right? Like you guys need to do something. Parents leave enraged, indignant." Don't do anything with the kid. The school lets the kid go back to to class without checking his book bag. He has a gun in his bag. He pulls the gun out. He kills seven students, injures, I think, 15 others. Um, Now, what this case is centering around is is the culpability of the parents, right? How culpable, liable are the parents for the son's actions? And what they're saying is, like, look, You guys knew your son was a head case, right? And we know this because the mother was having an affair at the time, like when all this was going down. She's having an affair, and she's texting back and forth with her lover, like, I'm worried about my son. He doesn't seem to be all there. I'm worried he might do something stupid, right? So you knew that he's got mental issues. But they also, shortly before the school shooting happened, uh, within a week of the school shooting, purchased a firearm, right, and didn't lock it up. The kid had access to the gun. Right. And so what the court is saying is like, look, you bought a firearm into a home with a kid who's got severe mental concerns, red flags, and you didn't lock it up. And then when his mental health issues were brought to your attention by the school in school, you did nothing. And therefore, you have some responsibility for the actions that took place on that day. Right. She was found guilty of involuntary manslaughter in, you know, poor gun safety, not dealing with the kids' mental health issues. She got hit with a number of different charges, found guilty on all of them. Uh, And look, I'm an adamant advocate of the Second Amendment and gun rights and access to guns. I am 100% comfortable with this case to a degree. Um, Part of it is because I think this, again, whenever you're dealing with legal cases, you have to think about the facts and the fact pattern. And I think this is somewhat of a unique fact pattern. Oh, well, one thing I left out is that when the parents were initially charged with this last year, they went on the run and you know hid from the police for I think like a week, and they found them in like an abandoned. building. I didn't know that. Found them in an abandoned building in like Detroit, I think. Um, but wait, there's abandoned buildings in Detroit. I'm shocked. Shocked. Fewer than you think, and the resurgence in Detroit, downtown Detroit, is pretty wild. Okay, they're good. Doing, they're doing a good job to the point good. where. I will be making trips to Michigan soon uh, for my own interest. But um, so, in this case, I, I, I as <laughs> a. Sorry for that diversion. As a 2A uh, uh, amend, uh, amendment supporter and a gun rights advocate, um, I'll tell you I'm okay with this, right? Like, because in this fact pattern, you've got parents who you know your son has issues, and I'm fine with you buying a gun, but like, you buy a safe. Right. Like if you've got the you you gotta like I'd rather you buy the safe first and just put other shit in it and then save the money to buy a gun if you can't afford it. But you can't you cannot bring that gun into your home without having a way to secure it so that this kid that you know has mental issues can't have access to it. Right. Now what I'm not clear on is did they not secure it or did they secure it and say, Oh, by the way, here's the key or here's the code to get into the safe.
1: Well, that's still not securing it.
0: Right. Exactly. Right. Like it's not securing it from him. Right. Now, some people make an argument like, well, I want my kid to have uh, access to the gun safe so that if something happens and I'm wounded that they can blah, blah, blah. Sure. But does your is your does your your kid have these same sort of mental health issues? Right. Um, You know, so I, I just I don't have an issue with this case. Um, you know, the, the mom asked to be tried separately from the dad thinking that she would have a better chance, um, because she basically just dumped everything on the dad. Like, oh, the dad bought the gun and dad didn't secure it. And I wasn't comfortable with the gun. So it's all on dad. Right. So she tried to separate it out and just try to put it on her, on, on her husband, hoping that she would be found not guilty. So she could maybe run off with her lover that she was cheating on her husband with. Um, but that didn't work out in her favor. Dad's trial starts shortly. Chances are dad gets the same as mom, if not worse. Um, and they both go to jail. And frankly, I'm fine with it, right? I don't, I, it, there are certain aspects of it, right? Putting the responsibility of another's actions on someone else who wasn't a part of the actual crime has concerns and, and there's some some legal eek, there right that i'm not super comfortable with but i think that this is a unique enough situation and a situation that other parents need to take into consideration when buying weapons right it's pretty simple you buy a gun you better have a fucking way to secure it like if if you want to keep your guns loaded then you need to keep them somewhere in a safe i have one two three four i've got four gun safes in my house right i've got a gun safe on each level Right, there's one right when you walk in that you've never noticed. There's one. You in don't the... know that. You haven't. You ha- I know you haven't because it's designed so you couldn't notice it. If 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 it is, give me a give. Tell All me right, where we'll it look, is. We'll... I'm... It's on the right. Okay. So like I said, <laughs> you haven't noticed.
1: Um, one of my bedroom big. I'm bedroom dodging your office. fucking dogs. Okay. Right. Sorry, I'm not looking for gun safes while your Rottweiler psycho dog is. Yapping at me. And, and um, the right. psycho puppy is encouraging my that little. And agent, moving on. Raven, my little agent of chaos.
0: Um, but yeah, like, I mean, the point is, I got gun safes all over my house. I got a lot of guns, but I got plenty of storage for those guns to be stored safely. My daughter has no idea how to get into them. There's no, she doesn't have access to the keys. She doesn't even have, she couldn't remotely guess any of the combinations on any of the safes because I go through One, two, three, four, five. No, I go through a painstaking <laughs> process of like taking numbers and rearranging numbers and then I use like a computer generated thing. Like it's a whole fucking thing every time I buy a new gun safe. Right? It takes me about two hours to get the actual code that I want.
1: Didn't
0: I help you with this, once? It was a fucking pain in the ass. You helped me with one you of ha- your gun safes and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh the code was a whole no, that, that was the it issue. Was the programming was, issue. It was a pro-, pro programming the code, but that was because we didn't have batteries remember there we go okay. like which is sorry stupid this is totally inside baseball yeah. <laughs> but oh no that wasn't the issue the issue was the things to turn it were inside the fucking safe there we go that's right because
1: we kept changing the batteries at- yes
0: and then we had to figure out how to get inside the safe so that i could turn the actual yeah. wheel to get yeah. it in i don't yeah. even yeah. remember how we fixed it. i think i had to call a locksmith i think you did but uh yeah. um, i was using <laughs> Anyway, um, so I just, I'm I'm fine with this. I'm sure it'll work out the same way for the dad. Um, if you buy a weapon, you need to have a gun safe ready in your house as soon as you do, my personal opinion. Um, you know, because gun safety is life safety and that's how important it is. And when you're not safe with a gun,
1: um, then people
0: die. That's just...
1: You know, I, I, you know I, I was actually curious where you would go with this. Um, I thought you would be more... Like to a um, protective, but I agree with everything you said because it's not just about the you know the Second Amendment. We can argue for hours about is it protection of the government, protection you know ability to fight back if the government tries to overstep its bounds, just being able to protect yourself in your own home. But when you are creating a public hazard through lack of responsibility, that's. A different thing. I yeah, mean, it's, it's it, just it'd it's, be like leaving your keys to your car and telling your kid, like, hey, here's the keys to the car. Go ahead. You know, a the kid then drives on the street and knocks, you yeah, know, you kill I mean, somebody. It's the same thing. So, yeah. I mean, look, I just think that,
0: I do think that gun safety is paramount. Um, and it just, it's, it saves lives. And had they put that gun in a safe, then maybe you got
1: seven people that are still alive. And, and I grew up in a gun heavy household and when I was like 14 my dad taught me okay here's our pellet pistol like if anything ever happens you get your brother and sister in here you double pump you know you pump this thing up to eight pumps and you you double uh up the number of pellets and that'll go through the door and anyone on the other side of the bedroom door will take that and full then disclosure I got a rifle in a case right now that's locked
0: um and I can't remember the combination <laughs> And I can't find the key to that lock
1: right now.
0: This <laughs> is really embarrassing. This is just like a random thing. I know. It was a, I,
1: it, it, it but was. my point is, eventually my dad taught me to hold the 357 that I now own as that I inherited, but I'm sorry you yeah, got a that. rifle that is randomly that locked. I not can't, I
0: can't access because I fucking...
1: Anyway. Well, that's, that gun is safe. It is super safe. <laughs> so, so
0: It is super safe. Kudos. I tried to cut who it. Kudos, Steve. I tried to cut it, but I bought the type of lock that I bought. Like It's designed so that you can't get a good <laughs> angle on it to cut it. <laughs> so I really either have to fucking figure out what the fuck I did with the key to get in the bottom or hope that fucking combination comes back to me. So... I don't know. Maybe random thoughts. To, from maybe I need Steven. to go on an ayahuasca trip with fucking Aaron Rodgers, and that quote will come back I, to me. He didn't do that again, did he? No, I'm just okay. saying
1: I don't know. All right, man. Um. Anyway, I thought I thought your I agree with your take on that. That you know, it's it's not as simple as Second Amendment. It's responsibility for taking control of things that in your house could do damage. Yeah, and
0: I just think I think you as a gun advocate, right? Like you have to be. I just you have to be intellectually honest, right? Like, so I can't sit there and advocate for guns and then just piss in the face of gun safety. And I think there are a lot of gun advocates out there who will look at this case and get really shitty about it and talk about how the government's trying to take your guns. And I feel like that is intellectually dishonest and shit like that can't fly. That intellectual dishonesty is why we are where we are politically in this country. And so- I mean, looking at
1: the number of, young people who grabbed guns and did horrible things. And I'm Dylan Roof, uh, Sandy Hook, Buffalo, you know, everyone who says it's, it's the guns and, okay, you know, that's the discussion. But not dealing with the mental health of a kid. I mean,
0: okay, yeah, it is the guns. But the guns aren't fucking going anywhere. So the discussion is, like, if you have one, keep it fucking safe. Right. Right.
1: In every every case, I just rattle off. It's like, if those were protected from people who were, in I think every case I just said, under 20, then horrible things don't happen. All right, man, we should wrap this up, but the Super Bowl is this week, and we'll publish this on Super Bowl Sunday, and I think Kansas City is going to win handily. I think they're going to get, their defense will do a good enough job up the middle. No disrespect, Brock Purdy, who has been an amazing story, but as much as I'm pissed that Pat Mahomes is going to win another Super Bowl because he's doing it at the expense of my team, I think it's going to happen. And I think it's going to be like a 27-14 kind of game.
0: No, I don't see that.
1: Um, I think
0: I think it's the game's going to end up being a lot closer. I think it's going to be a lot closer than that. Um, and I think that San Francisco's offense can put enough stress on Kansas City's defense to where they're going to be able to get in the end zone. Like Christian uh, McCaffrey is just – CMC is just too much. And, you know, I think you're going to see him likely with 25 touches. Right, with the majority of those being running the ball, but he's going to catch the ball out of the backfield. That stresses the defense so much. And when you guys got like, we got guys like Debo Samuel. When you got IUK, when you've got Kittle, uh, 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 Kittle, I almost call him Kerry kittles. Um When you when kittles, you got geez. George Kittles. <laughs> I played basketball, kittles. kittles. Um That like those are just a lot of stressors on the defense. So Kansas City's defense has been good. But the, the San Francisco offense, and with Shanahan calling the plays, like it is designed to stress defenses, and they will. Um, so I think they'll be able to offensively hang in there, even if there's a little bit of shell shock early, right? Like that first half of the first quarter, I think. Some of the guy, you know, you may see a little sort of wide-eyed nature from San Francisco, which may allow Kansas City to get out to a 10-14 point lead, but I think they'll be able to fight their way back and do some – they'll be able to neutralize Kansas City's offense to a degree because their defense is good enough and they're going to take things that they've seen work against Kansas City's offense to be able to neutralize them, right? And they've got the linebackers who can cover – a guy like a Travis Kelsey, right? Like there are two inside linebackers, Fred Warner, and um, I can't think of the other guy's name right now. Just for the sake of time, I'll save it. But their inside linebackers can absolutely run with and cover Travis Kelsey, um, and I think that like, and if you look back when they played in the Super Bowl prior to, yeah, that was Jimmy Garoppolo playing quarterback, but San Francisco was in that fucking game. Right? San Francisco ends up losing that game because Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo basically overthrows a wide-open receiver, and then they just ran out of time. Um, so I, I I think this game ends up being a lot closer. I'm going to go with Kansas City because I've just kept picking against them all through the playoffs, um, and they proved me wrong. But I think it ends up being a close game. I could see San Francisco winning. I've bet on San Francisco winning, but I also bet on Kansas City winning. The heads my bet. Um, what, are the num- what are the numbers? It, I haven't even looked at those spreads. Is like three and a half? Um, I bet at different times, so the numbers are kind of like de- – de- depending on who I bet and when, those spreads are a little bit different. But, I, yeah, I think it, I think it is three and a half point. But, um, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Kansas City openly, publicly on the air, but my Caesars Sportsbook app has me covered <laughs> either way.
1: We are at Whiskey Congress on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you for listening. Sorry, Instagram and X – People correct us now. Fuck them. All right, we're out. Thank you.